0: I, I spell work. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with planning and executing itself. Um planning. That's kind of the hard part for me. Yeah. Really honestly. Uh deciding what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My purpose, you know, determining my purpose. What is it exactly I wish to achieve? That is like the most, you know, the most important aspect I think of any spell work is to know what you're planning and what you're, what you're wishing to accomplish. Right. My, my problem is I frequently don't know specifically what I wish to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta
1: know what it is you want before you do a spell.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, the planning stages. What are you? What do you do?
1: Well. My my whole process, I always look at it as the entire process. And um I have created a ten step process because ten is the number of completion and so I, I work that number into what I'm doing. So my first step, which is what you're actually talking about, when I know my reason, I'll I'll just write out a big list. Of correspondences that can possibly be used anything colors herbs, all uh, symbols you know and uh, just whatever can be used for that particular thing and uh, then I'll decide an action uh, so whatever it is I'm planning to do will tell me or whatever it is that I want will tell me what action I should use. So, like, if I want something to come to me, I'll use an action of uh, a pulling, a pulling action. So, yes.
0: Um, no, I think that those are some wonderful ideas and a, a really good place to start. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. That I think is, it would help me a lot if I just kind of thought about the process more in depth as the because it's mostly just deciding, you know, what it is exactly I want to achieve. Okay, so I want to improve my financial situation because, you know, lots of people can sympathize with that. I just randomly chose up. Right. Um, well, that's pretty broad. You know, that's, that, that's a pretty uh, uh,
1: vague idea. You know, right. And, and there's there hmm. are a lot of actions that you can choose from, uh, if, if you want to bring prosperity in, there's a lot of actions you could choose from to do that. And so I guess having an action list would be good so that you know uh what it is you can do. You know. Right. Uh yeah. So if you wanted to bring money in, you could do, you could burn a candle, a green candle with a sigil on it, you know, and that sort of uh, pulling in. You could uh, give, which a lot of people don't tend to do in a spell, but you could use something to give that you expect to receive back, like uh, if you write sigils on your money that you pay for things with then you expect that money to come back to you you know um, I mean there's a lot of different ways like if you want to pull something to you then it could be something that you wear on your on you uh, it could be an oil that you wear or a certain perfume that you wear that you've enchanted you know, to pull toward you uh, I, I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways. Uh, I I'm trying to think of the rest of it right off the top of my head, but I have a, a an action list. I should have got it, but I don't have it with me. <laughs> it's all good.
0: We're but, getting the idea. I'm getting the idea.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's fabulous, fabulous Because I, I mean, that that is my key struggling point right there. Is is Figuring
1: out what to do once I have a general idea of. Well, I think I just I decided uh, at one point years ago I decided that there are certain kind of spells that I would rather do, Uh, and there are simple things like candle magic or doing sigils or um, enchanting an oil or. Uh, burying something if I plan to bury something if I plan to burn something or hang something from a tree you know like these are different ways just all the different ways that I could comfortably do a spell I keep them Mm -hmm. in a list without a purpose and decide which one to use depending on my purpose yeah
0: Yeah. I think that's a, a marvelous idea
1: I think it just makes it a little simpler for me
0: anyways, <laughs> yeah, to have just a yeah i think I think you're right, i think uh it is I think that's why so many people have so many books just kind of they everything seems so
1: specific that maybe it would have to make it a list of general mm-hmm. yeah. yeah if we if we can generalize action then we can yeah. put them pretty much with any purpose. You know, say right. if I wanted to do a spell for this thing, then I would pair it up with an action that would work. You know, right. um, Say so we we bury things to get rid of them, you know, or to let them pass away. <laughs> when we hang right. them uh, to... I don't even know why I do that. <laughs> I like to hang things from trees just to sort of air them out you know yeah. <laughs> and uh, i could, i
0: could imagine I could imagine hanging some
1: uh, wishes in trees just period so right. of period and then we we burn things to light them up, you know to inflame or illuminate. <laughs> and throw things in the river to let it be carried away from us you know I oh that, fire that, fire transformation
0: we yes transformation transform yes that, that's a good one for that
1: you know that. we and uh we throw things in- in the flowing rivers so that they can be carried away from us or so that um emotions can be clearly felt through the situation. You know, I mean, the yeah. actions that, that we choose to do can correspond to a spell of various different purposes, you know. That, that, that,
0: that there, there is uh, some, it sounds like some sympathetic magic going on in what you're talking about.
1: Right, right. There's a lot of, um, a lot of what I do is sympathetic magic and pantomimic magic. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, yeah, I, um, with a lot of the more native, uh, indigenous, not just native, uh, the indigenous stuff that I've read, a lot of magic for, a lot of the oldest magic is sympathetic magic. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they would dance around their crops to encourage their growth. Right. You know, <laughs> that's sympathetic. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and. The hunters would uh, play out the hunt before they actually leave, you know, and they'd play out the hunt and they would be successful uh, in yeah. their play so that when they go and actually do the hunt, they would be successful. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. some of the earliest magic that we know about.
0: Yeah, and it can be used in modern life very easily, mm-hmm. as you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and there's... There's other types uh, uh, that have been around for a a long time, including sigils, which you mentioned, and talismans, and amulets, which were three things we were going to talk about because they are different and people
1: don't realize it. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yes. Amulets and talismans are the two things that get confused the most, I think. Um, And so amulets are... Uh, natural objects, they're they're objects that occur naturally in the natural world. (laughs) Uh, Say like a rabbit's foot is an amulet for good luck. I don't even know when that happened, but (laughs) that's basically an amulet, uh, something natural that is naturally imbued with power. And uh, sometimes we'll take things like uh, crystals and stones, or pieces of wood and etch uh, sigils or symbols into them uh, to imbue them with power or add to the power that already exists, you know, these are amulets. Talismans are more calculated, very specific process of creation. And um, I think it's more the ceremonial magicians who... Create talismans. Uh, they're they're made from specific metals that correspond to the planet that uh, one is trying to draw some type of energy from for a specific reason, and uh, they use certain symbols, certain uh, cameos. The uh, the squares the number of squares of the planet <laughs> and yeah. uh, and they're created at a specific time on a specific day. <laughs> you know, it's very, very calculated and uh, very specific the way they're made. And so I think that's the reason why a lot of people just buy talismans when they can, <laughs> you know, but me personally, I would have to make the thing. And the process of making it is what makes it powerful. You know, when you're buying them from somebody else and you weren't there during the process, how do you know that they're telling the truth about how it was made? You know, it could just be a stamped piece of tin. (laughs) You know, (laughs) But um, the process of creating a talisman is what makes it powerful. It's not just the symbols on a piece of metal. And um, a lot of times they can be created on specifically colored paper. Uh, When metal is not available, you can create them on uh, parchment or on colored paper that corresponds to its purpose, you know, and... It's really complicated. It's not something that I could really explain on air without visual aid. <laughs> but yeah, I think
0: no, I I think I think we understand. Yeah,
1: I think I, I think we can get a clear picture of the difference. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then sigils. Um, people create sigils in a lot of different ways. Most people use the cameos, which are the magical squares of a, a planet that corresponds to the sigil's purpose, you know, and that also is a little difficult to explain without visual aid. But there's a lot of information us. about this out there online. There's a lot of information, a lot of websites that um, can teach how to use cameos for creating sigils. Uh, so check that out if you're interested in learning how to make your own sigils. There are so many, just countless sigils already on the internet, if you can use them if you want to, you know, um, or you can make your own. Also, some sigils are channeled uh, through entities that we come in contact with. They can present images for a specific purpose for you, uh, if you have that kind of connection And uh, so sigils can be done in a lot of different ways. Uh, They can be written on paper. They can be painted on pretty much anything. They can be tattooed. They can be etched into stone or glass on candles. You know, I mean, you can pretty much do anything with uh, sigils. So for protection sigils, I draw them out on paper and, and hang them over my doorways. (laughs) <laughs> so I always have sigils over my doorways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, some other types of spell work. I have done on a couple of occasions similar types of spell work to
1: poppets. Mhm. What would you use mostly for pop poppets for? Well, I have made quite a few of them. I, I use felt most of the time to, to like cut out the shape and sew it together and then stuff it, you know. Uh-huh. One of my most favorite things that I've ever used, it's gonna sound hilarious, but my most favorite thing I've ever used for a poppet was uh, one of those, uh, what do you call them, those little T.Y. babies, the little T.Y. Uh, the beanie stuff, beanie? yeah, the beanie babies. I found a buffalo one time that uh-huh. was a beanie baby, <laughs> and so I I just sort of opened his belly up and emptied him out and replaced it with herbs and stones and things like that, you know, and uh-huh. closed him back up. And uh, buffaloes are are good symbols for prosperity. <laughs> and so yeah. I made him into a prosperity puppet. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, um, I think those those are kinds of kind of a fun
0: fun type of spell work, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fun. Um, uh, and we we
1: kind of touched on candle magic. Did we go into detail on that? Depends I'm not really sure there was much detail about it. Yeah, I just really think so either. Candle magic is one of one
0: of those that is, I think, a fairly easy type of spell work.
1: Yeah. Like you can
0: kind of. I mean, I usually have everything I need for that type of thing uh, uh, handy and available, and and can do that kind of spell work on the fly.
1: Right. You know
0: what I. Gather a, a little oil and a, a, you know a little this and a little that, and I gotta bend a candlestick going on, you know. Right. <laughs> um,
1: do you I, uh do you dress your candles? I yeah I usually do. Um
0: I use I usually do um some kind of runic inscription, and I usually do oil and herbs. Right. Um, is, is that you know that that's the basic. <laughs> you know anything above and beyond that is extra, depending on what the spell is for. But yeah, no, I use the runic inscription oils and the herbs are every time. Right.
1: <laughs> what about you? Oh yeah, I do. I always do the inscription first you know, and I'll meditate and go and trance and stuff while I'm doing an inscription on the candle and then uh-huh. uh dressing it with oil, like I'm trying to think of how to explain it. <laughs> uh rub the the oil onto my hands and then like grab the candle in the middle and pull up a few times and then turn the candle over and do it again on the other side. <laughs> You know, so it's like pulling from the middle out. Yeah. And then I'll, I use a plate of uh, herbs and whatever that I want to put into the spell and just roll the old candle in it. And it'll, Uh and the herbs and stuff will just stick to it. Something else that I like to do with candles. You don't always have a holder. What if, what if it breaks or what are you going to do if you don't have a candle holder? (laughs) <laughs> so it became uh-huh. a habit for me because I used to break a lot of them, like when they burn down, you know, the glass would shatter and then I'd have to go and buy a bunch more because I always break them. But you can <laughs> light the bottom of the candle until it melts a little bit and stick it down on a plate and it'll stay It won't move. Right. <laughs> so I like yeah. that little trick to stick it onto something so that it stays. <laughs> yeah, and I use that exactly. trick for like bottle tops and you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I sometimes uh, use sand to hold my mittels.
1: Yeah. That so, works. Um, another really super easy thing to do is like the mojo bag. Oh yeah. The spell sackets, you know, the little bag, which they're they're so simple. To make uh, any kind of correspondences that will fit in a small bag can go into this spell <laughs> pretty much right. <laughs> right you know and I tend to add a little extra by like painting a sigil on the outside of it after I've got it tied up uh-huh. um, but uh, spell bags are pretty self-explanatory you know you just put your spell in a bag basically <laughs> right <laughs> but uh. Placement, I think, is more important with a spell bag. Placement uh, corresponding to its purpose. Like, what is it that you're trying to do? What are you trying to to manifest with the bag? And placing it is going to, wherever you place it, is going to help you do that. (laughs) So, again, like burying something for getting rid of something, Or hanging it from a tree if it needs to be aired out, whatever your purpose is, airing something out. Or um, hiding it in a dark place is another one if you want it Mm -hmm. to act like a seed. Okay? And uh, burning it to ignite something uh, or transform something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Placement is more important with mojo bags, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I I haven't really done much of that, but um, that's probably because I just didn't think of it. Um, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that's one of those types of spells that I would have all the stuff just basically lying around right <laughs> mm-hmm. you know uh, those are my favorite that's my favorite kind of spell working this type of stuff that doesn't require me to go buy something <laughs> right <laughs> or find
1: something or you know what I mean Mhm. Okay. right that's a that that's a thing about personalizing spell work you know it doesn't have to be like I was talking before about the oils and stuff, it doesn't have to be this specific thing. It needs to be something close and personal, you know, Uh, and just whatever you get that certain energy from is what you need to use. So like if there is a list of things that you just can't get, then or if it's not in your house or in your yard, you know, then yeah. just take it off the list. <laughs> right. You know, we need to be able yeah. to personalize it and use things that we have available right at this moment. So. Yes. I agree. And there's a lot of websites and places you can go to to look at uh, what's growing in your yard, to look at the plants that grow at a park or somewhere. You know, I mean, you can find that, uh, grass, regular old grass can be used for things like prosperity. You know, I mean, there is an abundance of grass all over the planet, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, uh, I mean the trees, you know, find out what the trees can be used for that are close to you. Uh, so you can just walk out your door and grab a leaf. You know, it doesn't have to be this exotic herb that you have to mail order and wait for. You know, magic you know, you magic just, does not wait.
0: <laughs> you just gave me a brilliant idea.
1: Um, oh, yeah?
0: Yeah, because out in here in front of my yard, I um, let grasses and everything just grow because of the... the Pollinators, you know, I've got wildflowers planted everywhere. And like right. That. But some of these grasses, you know, they grow five foot tall and they're an inch wide, which makes them very easy to weave with. Uh huh. You could weave those grasses to make something like a a, a, a and, mojo bag. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: That sounds idea. fantastic.
1: Doesn't it? Yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> ours doesn't, like, ours doesn't grow that wide, you know. It's yeah. pretty. Well, you probably don't let yours grow four foot tall either. No. <laughs> Not
0: usually, <laughs> anyway. Not usually. But I I do. I let mine all grow for a couple of reasons. One, if the deer have a five foot tall grass to eat, maybe they'll leave my cephalos. Right. Um. And, two, I leave all my flowers for the pollinators, and it's really hard to just know the grass because mm-hmm. I don't have just grass. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, I, I don't have a, a typical yard. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I doubt very many people have inch wide grass unless they've got an ornamental planted. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. <laughs> it was an idea. In case.
1: It it sounds like a good one.
0: I like that I idea. Think so. I think so. It's a
1: splendid
0: idea. there's I mean, there's all types of all types of uh stuff that you can use in um, like I have creeping 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 Virginia? No, Virginia Creeper. Virginia Creeper. Yeah. All over my place. And it's a vine. It's five-leaved vine thing around here. Anyway, it's every freaking where. And those vines uh, are really great for making things. You can use them to make dream catchers and pentacles and all all types of things because they're very flexible and thin and you can work with them easily and they they don't cut or break easily. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that you can I mean, and that stuff you can't get rid of it once you got it. You know, I've been yeah. trying to get rid of it since I moved in here. Um, <laughs> this is impossible to get rid of. So, I mean, well,
1: I mean, that quality alone could be used for a spell. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, for
0: some sort of persistent yeah. spell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Forward progress, constant forward progress. That's stamina. That's stamina, there you go. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things you could do with that. And, and I like, I have made an occasional doll and stuff like that by uh, basically tying vines into, you know, a a shape. (laughs) Right. It's really easy to form vines into a a people shape. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so many of them around. It's so simple to tie one up. There's, I mean, lots of things you can do with those vines. Maybe. Be
1: careful, people. She's got an effigy bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not very a uh, malicious person. Right. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, other types of crafty soul
1: work. That- uh, chance charms and power phrases, also mirror spells, petition papers, and powders.
0: Oh yeah,
1: I forgot about those.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. uh, recently used a powder. I guess you would call it that. What all would you include? Would you include, like, the
1: black salt and stuff like that in your list on powders? Well, yeah, actually, um, I would I would definitely include that in powders. I like powders. Powders are fun to use. Um, you know, there's a lot that you can – well, there's the, the black salt you were talking about. It's basically just salt and uh, charcoal, sage ashes, black pepper, you know, and grind it up really, really fine, and it makes black salt. And, um, well, I don't think everybody puts pepper in it. I put pepper in it sometimes, depending on how, uh, you know, harsh I want it to be, I guess. (laughs) Right. But um, in in the old days, people used to actually put gunpowder in it as well. Um, But that's kind of dangerous. You have, That's to, what I was thinking. you have to make sure and wear a mask, you know, it can make you sick and all kinds of stuff. So I don't use that, but um, I know that some people used to do that back in the day, I guess. Um, and then there's hot foot powder that uh, is a hoodoo tradition, which uh, black salt actually came from hoodoo traditions as, as well. Uh, But hot foot powder makes people go away. (laughs) It puts a fire under their feet and makes them leave. (laughs) So if you have uh, someone that's being bothersome, then you would use hot foot on like one of their tires or uh, put it in their their general path, you know, on the ground. Put a line of it in their general path so that they walk over it. Uh, But it's made out of all spicy things so cayenne pepper and chili peppers and um, uh, black pepper um, like
0: (laughs) hot stuff yeah hot stuff
1: (laughs) yeah just all the hot stuff and grind it up into a powder and throw it in their path, basically
0: yeah (laughs) I can think of a lot of hot stuff leave me alone
1: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah Ginger, your cinnamon, um, both of those things are hot. Peppers, yeah, yeah. That's hot. I I can think of a lot of things, hot spicy things. If you, you know, <laughs> right.
1: But, yeah. Depending on what you have uh, easily available. Right. Hot it's whatever egg. you got in your kitchen, you know. Right? And uh, salt is also protective, so uh, you can put that in your hot foot powder too. Um, yeah. I, I like to use powders, uh, different kinds of powders that I make out of uh, the herbs that I have available to me. Uh, you can dry them out and grind them into a powder. I like to use them because you can use them in so many different ways. You can put them in spell bags. You can roll candles uh, in them for dressing. Uh, You can throw them on the ground wherever you need to. You know, you can put them, you can make a line in front of your step or in front of your door. Uh, Also, you can pour it out to a plate and draw a sigil in it, you know, for a certain kind of spell. Or you can use it um, to, like, sprinkle out lines and draw a sigil with the powder like that. Yeah. So, I mean there's all kind of ways to use powders. Um there's a couple there's a, there's a couple of powders
0: that have been kind of semi famously made by movies. Right. Um, like Goofy Dust and Brick Powder.
1: Yes. Mhm.
0: Red brick powder,
1: <laughs> yes. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen those in a couple of movies which I mm-hmm. find pretty pretty entertaining.
1: Right. Um, and Okay, so those are powders. Um, eggshell powder. That yeah. I use eggshell powder a lot. Um, and you basically just dry out your eggshells and grind them up pretty much. You know, you want to clean them. Uh, right. I always rinse mine off and clean them before I do that. But I let them dry out and uh, in the sun usually and grind them up into a powder. But uh, it can be used for protection. But it can mm-hmm. also be used as a, a, a substitute for sulfur in any kind of spells that call for sulfur. So that's nice
0: to know. Yeah, because sulfur isn't something pe- most people just have lime. Mm-hmm. but everybody <laughs> has eggshells. Most <laughs> everybody, yeah. It's well, almost good, everybody. Yeah. has have <laughs> 21 chickens right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Certainly. certainly, Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, you also
1: mentioned mirrors. Yes. Mirror spells I think uh, they're the mirror is chalked up to one specific kind of spell and that's it. You know it's reflecting back to somebody whatever they send to you. Uh, the The reflection spell is usually what mirror spells are used for but I like to think of the mirror in a different way uh, and think, okay, I could draw a sigil. What if, what if it it could be me, it could be somebody I care about. You know, if I have a picture of the person, I could draw a sigil of whatever I was trying to send to them. Okay. And say, I hoped that they felt more loved, you know, and so I would draw a sigil for that on the mirror and place an image of them on it and bind them together with a red candle, all right? And this would reflect all the love back to them, okay? They would would begin to see it, Uh, you know, maybe it's a matter of somebody not noticing and they start to actually see all this love, you know. Uh, What if you're a person who gives and gives and gives And never gets anything in return and you feel taken advantage of, then you could do that for yourself, for a sigil, for whatever it is uh, you feel taken advantage of for and give it back to yourself, basically. You know, I mean, it just depends on your perspective and how you think about reflection magic.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think mirrors are definitely underutilized. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: uh, let's see, what else did you
0: did you have on your list there?
1: Um, petition papers and charms and spell charms and power phrases, chants and cha- and yeah, blah.
0: Yeah. Petition papers I find extremely interesting, and that is actually something that I have been considering doing lately.
1: Yeah, I like uh, petition papers. They're really interesting. Um, They come from the uh, Hoodoo tradition. You know, it's something that's... um, I don't know. It's just really interesting. I, I'm not really sure where it originated aside from being within the hoodoo tradition. I don't know who started it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, basically, brown paper bags are easy to get a hold of. You know, you can go to the Dollar Tree and buy a whole pack of brown paper bags.
0: Right.
1: And uh, the idea is to tear a square off of the paper bag. And uh, don't cut it. That was one of the things that I found is that only is that you should only cut the brown paper bag if uh, you're trying to cut off an enemy or something like that. You yeah. know, it's for it it it's for works of people you're working against. <laughs> so tear the square off of a paper bag, and um, there's a lot of different rules. To petition papers, I I think it's kind of confusing just a little bit unless you have a list in front of you of what not to do. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But uh, there's a lot of websites that explain it. Uh So, like, if you wanted to uh, assert your will over somebody else's, you know, so, like, if you wanted a promotion and you're competing against somebody else, you want to make sure that you end up on top. Right, and so you would write their name backwards across the paper uh in like an odd um, amount you know like an odd number of times, uh-huh. write their name, and then you would turn it uh just a little bit so that you cross your name over theirs an even amount of times, like an even number of times yeah. and I don't know. There's a lot of different rules to how you write things down. Uh, one is encircling your name around the thing that you want. So you would write the thing you want in the center and then write your name over and over and over all the way around without ever lifting your pen until you're at the end, like until you're at the beginning, basically, you know. Uh, and so there's a lot of different ways of writing on the paper. Uh-huh. Uh, the, next, uh, the next step would be to anoint the paper with oils of a corresponding uh, purpose or whatever. All four corners, you would anoint the square on all four corners and in the very center. Then you would fold the paper towards yourself if you're bringing something to yourself or away from yourself. If you're pushing something away so you would fold it down one side down and then turn it uh, clockwise one side and then fold that side and then turn it again once and fold that down and turn it again you know like repeat that until it's folded all the way up right what to do with the paper uh, um, I mean, some people keep them on their altars, some people bury them, some people, you know, it's like that, the thing about the actions, again, you do what corresponds to the purpose of the paper, right. <laughs> you know, so.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I understand completely. Um, and and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing that not very many people are aware of, of that could be done fairly simply and easily,
1: you know what I mean? Right. It's, a, it's something that's really big in Hoodoo uh, traditions and the Hudu community, uh, so to speak, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. um, but it's not something that uh, witches and Wiccans in general would know about unless they came across it. And I think it's a really, really interesting practice because it puts a lot of uh, creative energy into your purpose. Indeed, yes. The only other thing that I have on here is chance, charms, and power phrases. Oh,
0: yeah, right. That's right. And that's actually something that I have uh, quite a bit of experience with. Those work really, really well for achieving meditative states and altered states of consciousness, I think.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Um,
0: but I mean, they obviously have a lot more purpose than that. Just that. <laughs> I I think that you know if you look in some places, you can find find very specific chants for very specific things and stuff like that. I frequently tend to be one who just makes up whatever based on the desired effect.
1: Right. Uh,
0: do you have a formula for yours?
1: Well, uh, sometimes I write them, uh, but I'm, I'm very specific about what I say just because for me, the purpose of um, chance and uh, power phrases is to raise a, a specific kind of energy, you know, yeah. And so I'm I'm careful about the words that I use so that they they call a certain feeling inside of me, you know, like I don't want to be sitting here just going, my heart does this, you know, because it's not going to work for me. It might work for somebody else, but the idea is to find exactly what affects you. Are there words that affect you in a certain way, you know, so. Yes. Uh, that can be a process to figure out, but practicing is really good. So if we can start writing out um, words and charms that, that make us feel a certain way and start using them, you know, we might decide later to change it a little bit and right. and use another word. But as long as – I feel like there's this idea that if we use – latin or something then the words are more powerful (laughs) you know (laughs) it doesn't really matter what language you use as long as you know what it means and it has and it has an actual effect on you you know that's the thing that matters
0: like i have a hard time with with pronunciation if i if i can't say it with ease i'm not going to be able to use it. Mm yeah you know some of some of the 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 uh, traditional own style chants and whatnot I can never keep them straight in my head right you know if they're if they're more than like four syllables or five syllables then I'm done you yeah <laughs> you know yeah and, uh, I can do it you know and most of the times you know I'm not keeping the meaning you know, of what they are in my mind what right. whatnot while I'm saying it. I'm so focused on remembering the pronunciation that okay. I'm not thinking about the meaning
1: of them, which is why I tend to prefer ones in my own language. <laughs> right. And uh, chant, depending on who is writing it, chant yeah. should be two lines at the most. You know, for me personally, anyway, because, I mean, we have, we're, our brains are multidimensional. We need to keep focused. The point is to stay focused on our purpose. That's why we use uh, phrases to repeat, to remain focused on a specific energy for a certain amount of time, you know, Um, to raise the amount of energy uh, that we need. Okay. Yeah. So I try to keep them as short as possible. Yeah. For me, they need to be one line or two lines. And if you try, you can pack in some powerful words in one or two lines. And uh, as far as being in your native language, again, that's a personal preference. If you feel like something else is going to be more powerful, more power to you, but you need to know what it means. Like there is this one that i use that's in tamil and it's baiyeltiran tirakkurachu that's it though it's really short and it's easy to remember right. and it and it gives me a certain kind of feeling you know right. it doesn't really matter as long as i know what it means cuz if if you just go and look up uh somebody else's chant or in for um for doing this particular thing, okay, this is supposed to do that. (laughs) And you try to use it, but you don't know what the words mean. It's a gamble. Basically, it's a gamble. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And
0: um, now I have heard a few chants in other languages that I could feel because they were done musically. Right. Because music, for some reason, has always affected me emotionally. Um, that I can understand what the, is coming through just because of the emotion that it it excites it But for mm-hmm. general, you know, for my own chanting purposes and whatnot, um, right.
1: I find it easier. <laughs> well, ends are something that a lot of us aren't talking about. Like, and it, I think it's because it has that attachment to, um, you know, work with demons and stuff like that demonic ends are interesting and the reason why they're interesting is because they're channeled from entities that we come in contact with during ritual okay Uh but over the span of 2,500 years the ends that are channeled in say someone's um, ancient spell book that was discovered I can't remember their the dude's name I know one of them was um, the the works of Solomon, and then there was one before that, and one after that. Uh, but the end in these books that are channeled by different people at different periods of time are strangely similar. And
0: yeah. it
1: when we decide that we want to do like power phrases. Which are basically uh, ends that we create, and if we start doing this and we start channeling things through our rituals,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and they like write that crap down. You know, it's not just nonsense. It's a, it's a, uh, in in my experience, it's a recording of that moment of energy, you know, and so that when you use it again you can automatically pull that energy up and have it, you know, instantly in your ritual without like tons of work. And so power phrases are important, I think. And uh, I guess because of the work that they've been attached to, a lot Mm -hmm. of us experience uh, receiving the end and never tell anybody because we don't understand it or we don't know how to talk about it or or we think maybe we're just crazy. You're not crazy <laughs> if you receive these words during ritual through channeling. Write them down and then use them.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I hear you. Do you have anything else to talk about?
1: No. Just, you know. Make some magic. That's all. <laughs> just, go yeah, make, right. just go make magic. <laughs> make <some> magic. Yeah. <laughs> Find out what you're capable of. Yeah. Figure out right. how you feel with things. Figure out how, you know, try different things on and see how it feels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.